0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. he do it. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. will be joined by Danny Mack, the Cardinals broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest, who was on the call last night for that fantastic walk-off winner by Paul Goldschmidt. He's gonna join us here momentarily via the Brown and Krupen celebrity line. I wanna to talk to Dan about Paul Goldschmidt Thanks, because sorry about that. As I was looking at some of his numbers the other day, I realized, man, my goodness, he has remarkably similar career numbers here in St. Louis to what we saw from Matt Holiday. And Dan's joining us now via the Brown and Crippen Celebrity Line, Valley Sports Midwest Cardinals broadcaster. Dan, we came back with that highlight that you called last night, Paul Goldschmidt with a walk-off winner. And by the way, thanks so much for the time, as always. I looked up Goldie's numbers earlier today and compared them to what we saw from Matt Holliday in his career here in St. Louis. And Holiday, of course, the future Cardinals uh Hall of Famer. Man, they are almost identical. Holiday, a two ninety-three batting average, Goldie's at two eighty six, Holiday at a three eighty on base percentage, Goldie so far is at three seventy. Hol Holliday with a four ninety five slug. Goldie is right at five hundred. And if you go by the OPS plus, it's one hundred thirty eight for Holiday, one thirty five for Goldie. You add in the gold glove defense that we've seen from Paul Goldschmidt in his Cardinals career thus far. Dan, are we going to see Goldie potentially, if he continues this, become a Cardinals Hall of Famer by the time he's done here?
1: Oh, I think it's beyond that. I think it's a major league Hall of Famer. Um, When you start doing the the numbers of where guys are at, at his stage in his career, uh, he's on a trajectory when you include wins above replacement and some of those other stats that now Hall of Fame voters are looking at, uh, barring that uh, the fact that he would miss a full season or something like that. And obviously it depends on how much longer he wants to play. Uh, yeah, definitely Cardinal Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm thinking Major League Hall of Famer, and that goes for Nolan Arnato as well. And I know some people would say, well, that's far-fetched. Well, it might be at this stage in his career, but he's got 10-plus years now in the big leagues. And let's say he plays another five, six years. That's not out of the question. That takes him to age 37, 38. Um, By the end of this, yeah, you're you're talking about a potential Hall of Famer because of all the things you just mentioned. Something that Matt Holliday and no one else has done that Paul Goldschmidt is in the midst of doing, he's got a 15-game hitting streak for the Cardinals. So he's got 28 hits in these 15 games. He's got 12 doubles. Five home runs and he's driven in 22 and since the rbi became an official stat in 1920 no other major league player has reached all of those numbers over any 15 game span so we are watching a historic truly a historic two-week period here by paul goldschmidt you think about all the players that have played since 1920 and over a two-week period no one has done what he's doing right now it's It's incredible, but I I know, BK, you really get into the numbers, and if you start looking at it, and I actually did this over the weekend uh, when I talked about, I brought it up on the air last night, you guys were doing the Blues game and doing a great job, but his numbers are historically incredible against left-handed pitching. Now, this year, they're off the charts. Like, he's hitting over five hundred. he's doing a ton of damage, the slug is incredible, the OPS but look at what he's done in his career. And then it got me to look at, man, where where is he now in in terms of like with his career? And I guess he doesn't get a lot of attention because he's not a, you know, look at me guy. He's not a a big showman ship type guy. um, And a look at me, look at me kind of thing. He just, he does it quietly. And I started looking at the numbers and I'm like, you know what? He's, he's on his way to the hall of fame. And, that's not far-fetched to say if you really dive into the numbers.
0: With that being said, Dan, I think it's fascinating when you think of just the aspect of this team this season because you've got two for sure Hall of Famers and then, of course, the Adam Wainwright debate, who I think is going to be on the cusp of that. And then if you've got Arenado and Goldschmidt, what is that doing for some of these young players to have five, potentially six Hall of Famers on a roster?
1: Well, I, I think you learn by watching how they go about their business. So, you know, I was talking to Brendan Donovan the other day and I said, you know, give me an idea of like your pregame routine when you first got here and you're a utility guy and you, you really don't know what that role may be every single day. And he said, one of the first things I did was I just followed uh, Nolan Arnato. He said, I, I just watched what he did. I took ground balls with him and saw his routine. So that's part of it, I, I think, Alex, is that you watch that you say, okay, this guy's one of the best ever. What's he got? Nine gold gloves, five platinum or whatever it is. He'll go down as one of the greatest defensive third basemen ever. Uh, It's probably in my best interest to watch how he goes about his business. So he said he started with him and then he went over to Goldie and watched Goldie. And he's played first base. And then he watched Tommy Edmond. And then he watched some of the guys in the outfield. And so they're all watching, and then it, it, we've talked about it a lot on the games on Bally Sports Midwest. But you watch Yepes, <laughs> what's he doing? He, he's he's like at the hip of of Albert Pujols, and if Yachty's in there, they're all three together, and all they do is talk hitting. Albert, I was talking to him the other day. He said the guy, and I think it was he was quoted as saying too, said the guy is just constantly asking me questions. It reminds me of when I was young and asking Jimmy and. Mark McGuire and some of the others, what they were doing, and now they're passing it down. And I think for years you've seen the Cardinal pitching staff, and it's easier to show that, especially on television, how they do it too. And it started with Chris Carpenter all the way back to Matt Morris. And, you know, Chris Carpenter said he learned from Pat Henkin and David Wells and Roger Clemens when he was in Toronto, and now it gets passed on from those guys to the other players and one of the traditions they started is that the starters go out and watch the starter throw a bullpen and so in spring training if the guys warming up you see a whole collection of pitchers behind them just watching how they do it and you can pick up a lot by doing that and let's face it the Cardinals are seeing a lot of young kids come up and when Herrera makes his debut I believe he'll be the eighth uh, player to make a debut this year And I think only maybe the A's or something like that are the only other team that have had that many guys called up to contribute to the team. So it it does have an effect to have these young kids around these major league players that have been doing it at a high level and having success.
0: And not just seeing them do it, but then they go in and do it at a yeah. high level, Dan. That's what's been so remarkable to me. I mean, you look at the OPS leaders, and I understand it's a super small sample size. These are these guys are going to hit some struggles at some point. But right now, you look at the top five guys on the team in OPS. It's Gorman, Donovan, Yepes, and then, of course, Goldie and Arenado mixed in there as well. How impressive, I mean, you've been doing these games for 20-plus years now uh, for the Cardinals. How impressive is this trio of guys and what we've seen them do early on in their tenure here in St. Louis?
1: To me, it's kind of like Memphis Mafia Part Two. You know, it's like the Descalso, David Freeze, Alan Craig, and that group of players that came up to to help the Cardinals back in 11 and 12 and 13 and beyond – and and that's what we're seeing here. What I love is their approach at the plate. I, I, to me, Brendan Donovan is is giving the Cardinals, and I understand Goldie's off the charts right now, uh, has been great. Yepes has been great. Brendan Donovan is giving them some of the best at bats that they have had over the last two weeks, um, and he's reached base safely now in 28 of his last 50 plate appearances. My gosh. think about that. 28 of his last 50, he has reached base. That is hard to do. And so he's been great. And I I looked at two games on the road trip that he drew walks to turn the lineup over. So he was at the bottom, I think it was right before the road trip, um, I guess maybe the Giants series, he drew a walk and it turned the lineup over with two outs. Edmund got a base hit, then it was Goldie, and all of a sudden they knocked out the starter. You don't get there without Brendan Donovan getting that walk and starting it. It was a really tough at-bat. It gets totally overlooked in that game, but that was the at-bat of the game. And I was talking to Ollie about it. and He said 100% because they wound up blowing the game open. But he said that was the at-bat. And then there was an at-bat uh, on the road trip. Same kind of thing. He drew a walk or got a base hit, but he went deep into account. And they, they rolled the lineup over, and all of a sudden they picked up two or three runs, and that won the game. It's not going to stand out when you look back on the, the, you know, and retro sheet in uh, 10 years of what happened in that game. Oh, it was Brendan Donovan's walk, but it was that walk that uh, allowed them to do that. So I've been incredibly impressed with him, and uh, he deserves a ton of credit because he's come in here now with both corner outfielders out The young being demoted, and uh, he's given them everything they could have asked for and more.
0: Dan, what have you made of Tommy Edmond at shortstop so far in the battery with him and uh, uh, Nolan Gorman at second?
1: I like it. I I thought it was great the other day when Gorman uh, got the call up and then was thrust into the the starting lineup against Pittsburgh. I thought it was really uh, an important moment in that series to where immediately he had a ground ball, and then there was a double play. Uh, he made a play on Sunday in a blowout game that in, it was, to me, the, the most impressive uh, play that I saw defensively of the three games. Now you're saying, now wait a minute, the game was 18-4. to And this is going to be my point is that there was a runner at first and Nolan Gorman had to go to his right at second base. And normally in a blowout game, you're going to just get the shore out, which is to go to first base, which would have been easy for him to do. But he had a little shovel pass to Edmund or whoever was at short, I can't quite remember who it was at that time, but the Gorman made a really good play. And so, so far, so good. I, I think the defensive alignments have been a little bit different with him at second base, and that's something to keep an eye on because this is not really a, a swing and misstep. You know, you're going to get a lot of contact when they're right, uh, and that includes tonight's starter, Jordan Hicks, even though he's throwing close to 100. But it, ideally, you want him to get contact. So you may see him play a little bit more in, and not as far deep into shallow right like Tommy Edmund does, but he'll make the routine play. I don't think that's a problem. And it was anything but routine. You guys were covering the hockey game, but Tommy Edmund made a diving play last night. Yeah, I saw night. that. Was that was sens- unreal. Yeah, it was sensational. Um, and so I, I, you know, I really believe you're going to be fine with Tommy at at, at short. I would prefer him at second base because I love what he does defensively. But uh, he's going to be just fine at short. And if this is what you got to do to keep guys in the lineup. And his. Versatility and flexibility allows you to do that, you know, do that, and that's what you do.
0: Yeah, if Nolan Gorman keeps hitting, then I'll, I'll give up sure. a little bit defensively. If you're if you're getting that kind of production at the plate, final question that I've got for you, Dan, is you mentioned uh, Jordan Hicks, and he's going to get the start tonight for the Cardinals. He's no longer on the pitch restriction. It, he's just going out there, and they've said all he's told the media, "Hey, listen, we're going to make the decision based on how he's looking now. If he looks like he needs to come out of the game, we're going to take him out. If he looks like he can keep going, then he's going to go back out there." The Cardinals need a little more length from their starters right now. Dakota Hudson struggled to go deep into games. He's had the walk issues and really more the ball issues. He's just not throwing strikes consistently enough. And the pacing was bad over the weekend from him. You've had Jordan Hicks, who has not been going deep into games thus far. And now without Steven Matz out there for the next couple of turns through the rotation, you've got Matthew, Matthew Liberatore as well. Uh, How do the Cardinals avoid the issue that they fell into Maybe not to the extent of last year, and I don't think you got to worry about that, but getting into something approaching that where you're just not getting enough length and you have to go to the bullpen to eat too many innings over the next few weeks.
1: Well, let me say this. The pacing wasn't bad. That was your term. It was awful, <laughs> okay? <so> it, <laughs> you said it, not me. I like it. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, that can't happen. And I, I would say that the pacing has got to be better with Jordan Hicks as well. I, I think it would be beneficial for both those guys to work at a better pace, but specifically Hudson. Uh, that was not good in New York, and, and that can't happen. Not with the kind of defense you have behind you. And I understand, you know, he's, he's probably – fighting it and grip and mechanics. And you're thinking, and you're thinking about the guy, I I get all that, but that's, that can't happen. Uh, Not again. I mean, they've got to speed him up. And I I would say the same thing with Hicks. I would prefer him to see uh, a little better pace. Now the key with both these guys simply is their stuff is so good. Like, you know, you you watch Hudson. His stuff is just running hard in on a right hand or away from a lefty. It's got to be throwing strikes. And the same thing with Jordan Hicks. So, Hicks gave up a couple of earned in four innings, took a no decision his last time out. That was the 11-4 loss. He's averaging 98.9 miles per hour on his fastball. So that's the highest average velocity in the majors this season. So you know he's got a great fastball. You know he can run it off the table. He's got very good secondary pitches. But I, I would say to both those guys, you've got to throw strikes. And that you, you're asking me how do you get length? It's by throwing strikes. Their stuff is so good. I really truly believe, you know, more times than not, they're not going to go out there and get beat up. They're too good. It's just a matter of being inside the strike zone and also understanding that hitters are going to know exactly what we're talking about, that they have got to to, to throw strikes because the hitter knows that they're not around the plate sometimes. And especially early on with uh, Hudson, I think once he gets past the inning one or two, he is lights out. I mean, he's really good. It's just, I, I just want to see him pick up the pace. And I'd say the same thing with Hicks. His stuff is really good. Throw strikes trusted. I know that's simplistic in the answer, but I do believe that's where you have to go with both those guys.
0: It's simple in the answer, but a little more difficult to execute as sure. we saw at times last year. Unfortunately, Well,
1: I, I would say this too. I, I think Hudson at times gets a little mechanically out of whack and I, I'm not a pitching coach. I just go by the eye test. I've watched him make just about every starter come out of the bullpen So I've seen it. You know, I think sometimes he fights it mechanically. But um, when he's right, man, he's he's nasty. And so is Jordan Hicks. So as long as they're throwing strikes, there's no reason to think that they can't go deeper into games.
0: Dan, we appreciate the time as always, man. It was a great call last night, especially on that walk-off Grand Slam. That was a, a really cool moment for Goldie and for this team. Appreciate the time as always. We'll talk with you again next week, man. You got it. Thanks, guys.